plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, it is star style. And if you have a dream, go chase it. If you have hope, don't waste it. And if you find love, just embrace it. Well, this is what we are all about here at Star Style. Be the star you are. We want you to live your dreams, land on those stars, and be the person you were born to be. Hello, Power Partners. This is our informational playground, Star Style. Be the star you are. We're coming to you from... Voice American Network. We are live. This is the Empowerment Channel. And it is Be the Star You Are Charity that brings you this show. My name is Cynthia Bryan. And I am hoping that you're going to have a great day with us as we discuss some topics that I think are pretty important. First of all, the miracle moment brought to you by Be the Star You Are Charity that brings you this show. Please visit be the star you are.org and Make a donation. This is by Teddy Roosevelt, our former president. Do what you can with what you have, where you are. And that does uh, get me to, if you can make a donation, please, please do. We've got a lot of events coming up, and we're going to continue year-round disaster relief at Be The Star You Are. And the only way that we get funded is through any donation from you all. So it could be a dollar, ten dollars, whatever you have is great. Be The Star You Are dot org. Well, what we're going to be talking about in this show coming up in segment two and three, Heather Brittany will be joining me. And I'm sure you have been following the college admissions scam, the university scandal with all the wealthy people who are literally buying their kids' ways into colleges. Um, you know, the fraud that's occurred, there's movie stars involved and hedge fund advisors and attorneys and all kinds of people. And it's really appalling. I'm just, I'm sickened by it since um, I work so closely with teens and try to help them uh, with Be The Star You Are. And I see how hard they work to get into the university. So Heather and I will be talking about this coming up in segment two and segment three. So you will definitely want to stick around for that. But right now, there's something that's kind of dear to my heart. Many of you know that I grew up uh, raising chickens. I started at age eight, and I still raise a flock of chickens. And it's, you know, I, I feel indebted to my chickens because actually that's how I did get to college was uh, paying for it myself by selling eggs. But there's something that's really sad that's happening Right now in California, it started in Southern California, and it's a virus that has actually spread up north. It's not in my area, thank goodness yet, but it is called Newcastle disease. And 
because of this Newcastle disease, different events that were showcasing chickens have been canceled, which if you're a 4-H'er or an FFA person and your project are poultry, you are probably really sad not to be able to go to a fair or an exhibit because this is where you win awards, this is where you uh, get people that sponsor you, all those kinds of things that are important. But So the live poultry show was canceled, uh, for example, at the San Mateo County Fair, and it was a, a major peninsula veterinary hospital, postponed all chicken appointments because they were actually worried about Bay Area backyard bird hobbyists, and they're taking special steps to protect their flocks. Now, what was that about? The news, it is a highly contagious, this Newcastle disease, and it's a deadly bird virus, and so it's really important that um, that you stay away, you know, from any infected farms or any infected birds. Now, the the disease was first reported last year in Riverside County, and it actually led to the euthanasia of more than a million commercial birds and some backyard birds in Southern California. And the big concern was the spread into commercial flocks. Um, and this is a poultry specialty, uh, specialist at UC Davis Department of Animal Science said that they'd already been found in three commercial facilities in Riverside County. And this, uh, this virus, this Newcastle disease, can wipe out an entire farm really quickly. Now, humans can get it, which is interesting, but it only causes very minimal and mild symptoms if you have close contact with infected birds. But it can kill chickens, turkeys, cockatoos, cockatiels, and even some wild birds like cormorants and pelicans and gulls. Now, I I don't want to be... you know, kind of aloof about this disease because it is serious. But I do remember when I was growing up, there was also a um, a disease that only affected chickens and it was really, or poultry in general, and it was really very devastating to them and it was called coccidiosis. But I had met this um, person who was a total... Um, Oh, you know, always sick. Always, she always wanted to one up you, no matter what you, what whatever you had happened to you, she was going to one up you. So, if it came to hypochondria, if you had been had a cold, well, then you know she had had pneumonia, and um, if you had bought a new book, she had bought a new library. Well, whatever it was. So anyway, one day she was going on and on about the newest disease that she had. So I said to her, and I, and of course she didn't know, and it was very, it was, it was kind of weird of me to do it, but I'll never forget it. So I said, yeah, well, you know, I've just recovered from coccidiosis. And of course it was a total lie because coccidiosis doesn't affect humans. It only affects poultry. And, of course, she went into this whole thing about how she almost died from the disease. And, and, and inside, I was laughing my, my, um, my head off. But I don't know why I have to, t- to explain that. But I guess this, when I was reading about Newcastle disease, it made me think about it. So 
let's get just get back to what you do. Um, it is very worrisome news, and if, a lot of people these days have even you know one to a dozen chickens in their backyards because they want fresh eggs and they just like having you know the having the chickens that go in their gardens and they fertilize and they eat the weeds and they eat the slugs and the bugs and all of that so you have to take some rigorous steps to protect your flock even if you're a backyard farmer now mostly it's been affecting the commercial flocks which are thousands of birds that are packed together and normally backyard flocks that are allowed to just roam free, they're, you know, just put in a barn or in a facility at nighttime and they have plenty of room, you know, to, to be healthy, they're usually fine. But in any case, take these steps to protect your flock. You want to wash your hands um, always and keep your birds confined to their um, their their area. In other words, especially if you have banties that fly, like I, for so many years, I had banties and they would fly into the trees or sometimes, you know, they would fly to a neighbor's. Well, you don't want that to happen because you want to keep them in your area so that they do not intermingle with any other birds until this Newcastle virus has been said that it is over for the time being. Now, if you go to this shoe uh, to the feed store, you should either bring disposable shoe covers, or you should at least wash your shoes and don't wear them in the house and don't wear them up to your flock after you've been to a feed store or any place where there are other animals. If you have friends that have poultry and you have poultry, you probably should not. Um, be mingling in any way. In other words, if you have a friend that wants to give you a bird, I wouldn't take it this year. I I was going to take some birds from a friend of mine who wanted to get rid of um, some of her birds, but with this disease going around, I think it's better just to protect your flock because you get a bird that comes in and it can infect the rest of your flock. I'm also not going to get any new babies this year. No, because um, I just don't know what they have. So that's a that's an important thing. We have to just do what we say is we keep a closed flock. You don't add any birds this year. I mean, as tempting as it is, especially now that it gets uh, this time of the year when it's around Easter time and it's spring. You know, it's really fun to have little chicks. So. Maybe one of my hens will hatch some um, hatch some eggs. We'll see. But the most important thing that people can do is not to move their birds. So you know, don't uh, if you live in Southern California, don't bring birds to Northern California, and vice versa. The first case ever in Northern California probably came from a bird that was transported from Southern California where the outbreak began um, in a backyard exhibition birds in um, Riverside County. So the the Riverside County is basically where it started. So it's kind of uncharted territory is what um, UC Davis is saying. And um, before this, the last outbreak was in 2003. So that is uh, quite a long time ago. Now, um, 
The region is a center for specialty breed birders in Riverside County, and likely in part because of the city's year-round warm weather, uh, this is why you know people really love getting their birds from down there. There are beautiful, beautiful birds. In fact, Heather has um, has a flock of birds, and they're just gorgeous. But they're healthy, and she just keeps them at home. So small chicken farms and slaughterhouses supply local food, and they fill the niche markets down there. And most infections have occurred among chickens that have been raised on the outskirts of urban areas where there were former farms and stables that might have been incorporated into, uh, into you know, the cities, but they still have dense pockets of animals, including menageries of chickens and pigeons and peacocks. Now, because of the threat to the state's $2.5 billion poultry industry. That's how much the uh, poultry industry is worth here in California. Poultry owners are actually prohibited from moving birds in all of Los Angeles County, as well as uh, San Bernardino and Riverside County. So it's a quarantine, and it's extending from the northern and southern borders of uh, western Riverside County to the Salton Sea, including Coachella Valley. And so, you know, that's like Coachella is out where Palm Springs is. And as far east as Yucca Valley in San Bernardino and a northern boundary at the Kern County line. So it is a, it's a big, big area. Uh, This past December, the disease was reported in a commercial flock of 110,000 six-week-old layer chickens in Riverside County, and the, and since then, a total of four commercial flocks, eight flocks used for egg production, and a flock of young hens were infected in San Bernardino and Riverside, and all of them had to be euthanized. So this is just devastating for chicken farmers and for backyard farmers as well. Now, again, in humans, the disease could cause a very mild flu-like symptom. It could give you laryngitis or conjunctivitis, or you could even get an eye infection like pink eye. Isn't that interesting? But I've never seen this, and I don't ever want to see it because I don't want to have my birds ever near it. But in in chickens, uh, Newcastle disease is almost always fatal. And so what you look for is birds may sneeze, gasp for air, cough, show tremors, they droop their wings, they go stiff, they have a a greenish watery diarrhea, and birds might even die without showing any clinical sign at all of the disease. So due to the threat to the poultry industry in California, California Department of Food and Agriculture recommended that county fairs at this moment suspend their poultry shows for the entire uh, fair season this year. And then, um, you know, I think that what's going to happen is fair boards will work with local 4-H and FFA representatives to coordinate a bird-less poultry exhibit, something maybe encouraging the students to participate in educational displays to educate fairgoers about poultry, something like that. And then um, the other thing is, is, that uh, veterinary clinics are not actually seeing birds now, although veterinarians will visit an animal confined to an owner's car. 
because um, they don't want the state to have to close the hospitals for quarantine because then the state will then require them to euthanize any other birds that were present at the time that the sick bird was seen, even if they're not sick. So you don't want to risk the life of other birds. And infectious disease experts say that owners of backyard chickens should follow at least these three basic steps. Okay, I already said it, but we'll do it again. Wash hands and scrub boots before and after entering an area with birds. Clean and disinfect tires. I didn't tell you this before. And all equipment before moving them off the property. Isolate any birds returning from a show for 30 days before placing them with the rest of the flock. And, of course, do not augment uh, your flock this year because we don't know where the the birds might be coming from. And owners of backyard flocks, if their birds are sick or they have an unusual bird death, they need to report it to the state veterinarian by using the uh, USDA's toll-free number, and here it is, 866-536-7593. So if you have any sick birds, call 866-536-7593. And for more information, you can go to cdfa.ca.gov, and then there you can look up animal health and the Newcastle disease. So I hope that your birds will be fine um, if you have chickens because having chickens is really a very wonderful and fun, fun thing to do. Plus, you get fresh eggs every day, and who doesn't like that? I'm Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. When we come back from break, we will be talking about the college admissions scandal with Heather Brittany, and I'm sure that this is something that you've been Keeping tabs on. It's appalling. It makes us angry. And we need to talk about it. Don't go away. I'll be back in a bit. Be the star you are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of showbiz. Well, we are back. I'm Cynthia Bryan, and with me is Heather Brittany. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Well, I am so glad that we are going to be talking about this today, the school scandal, the rich and famous people paying to get their kids into Ivy League and top universities, yada, 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 yada. It just makes my blood boil because I think about how hard um, young students work to get into schools and how how rare it is to get into the school of your choice and then to find out that people with a lot of money are just writing checks and 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 um, what do you call it faking photos to say that their kids are going to be recruited so i'm glad that you're with me to talk about this because we can talk about uh, your experience too and and going to um, school but where do you want to start with this, let's deconstruct what's happened because there are a lot of good uh, college coaches out there. But obviously, this um, the one the singer. He, I hope he'll have to sing for his supper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, if anyone doesn't know, and I'm sure you do, because it's just all over the news, but. Um, recently, what has been going down, just as you mentioned, is uh, there's been this big uh, exposure, basically. Um, I believe there's an indictment of uh, 50 parents, and they're all pretty uh, wealthy or famous and somehow have a large amount of money. And as you mentioned, William, uh, William Singer, he, uh, based out of California, Newport Beach kind of ran a company, like a college advising company in a way, I wouldn't say, but a complete scam. Essentially, uh, kids were able uh, to get fake recruitment, you know, telling pe- uh, parents as they know that uh, sports recruitments uh, have different requirements than standard ones. So uh, giving uh, actual teachers, bribing teachers or, or uh, you know, PE teachers, coaches, to claim that these people are on their teams or that they were even being considered um, to draw more attention. Um, again, uh, all these things completely legal, having uh, SAT scores corrected and new ones put in by different people. And they're saying um, sometime in this that uh, this guy's here collected about $25 million. Some parents paid uh, half a billion dollars to get their kids into college. And um, as you mentioned, it's it, appalling. Is, it is all over. It is exposure. And who knows? You know, and some, there's some of these people that are top names and, and uh, unfortunately, you know, they're all over. They're all over the news now, and um, you know the negative backlash for it. And I've, of course, um, in my own and everyone's right to their own opinion. Of course, it is. It is sad and it's upsetting because, as you mentioned, so many people work so hard, and um, each year colleges are getting more and more impacted and less. Uh, opportunities, even with people with excellent uh, grades or scoring, uh, they're you know they're they make it in, but they're on a wait list for a few years. There's there's so it's harder and harder, and uh, it's heartbreaking to hear that some of these people um, may have essentially been able to get in, um, but these other people got ahead of them. And you know, I before you go on, I just wanted to read just one statement because I thought it was so right on. And this sure. was made by FBI special agent in charge of um, the Boston field office, Joseph Bonavolanta. And this is what he said. And I thought, boy, he hit it on the nail on the head. This is a quote. 
make no mistake, this is not a case where parents were acting in the best interest of their children. This is a case where they flaunted their wealth, sparing no expense to cheat the system so that they could set their children up for success with the best education money could buy, literally. Isn't that the perfect quote Mm -hmm. of what went down? Yeah. I mean, it it really means that, but let's continue talking about it. Well, you know, I think, again, that is one way, again, that Dietrich took away is saying, uh, you know, that uh, these these people, that it was more a stroke to themselves. And as we know, oftentimes, um, if this isn't going it, to, it is kind of this exposure, um, this negative life, and it makes you think, oh my gosh, but it also you probably think it isn't the first, this isn't the only thing in their life that they're doing that are wrong um, or immoral or whatever. But at the same time, um, I think everyone kind of has to take a back look at their own selves, that it is what they did was wrong. Um, but I feel like it, it's never fair for everyone, especially in today's society, how we can have all the social media outlets to call these people, you know, terrible people or terrible parents. Um, I think at the core of it, there is that sense of them they're wanting, I think what everyone has with their children is that you want them to do better than what you did, to be more successful, more you know, happier, richer, whatever it may be. And also, you know, your child's success, um, it can be viewed as a reflect of your success. Of wow, what a great child you raised. Well, so those kinds of things. And but that is to me, that's really sad. I mean, that, I think that's what makes it so sad is that parents look at kids' success as their success. And when you, you know, I, you know, again, we're just reading what we see here in the media. We're seeing what we see on television, or as you said, on social media. But, for example, one of the uh, television star's daughters who herself is considered, quote-unquote, an influencer in social media, and she stated that she, had, she didn't care about college at all. The only reason she wanted to go was to go to parties. And mm-hmm. so I, I think that when parents do something like this, just like when parents take tests or write or write the essays, or, you know, whatever it is, or they make the project so that their kids can get an A, this is not helping the child. It's setting the child really up for failure, because what are they going to do when mommy and daddy aren't around? What are they going to do when they get to that job, and they really can't write an essay, (laughs) you know? I mean, so... Oh, yeah, that's yeah no, I, I, I feel I feel you with that one one hundred percent. It's it's what is what what does um, this goal accomplish for them essentially? And right. I also you know what kind of blows my mind is um, I feel like rich people paying for their kids to get into school. Again, I'm not saying this is right. I just find I actually find this whole thing that's being so blown through. I'm like, why is this news? This just sounds like another rich people privileged thing. That you think about how many people are quote unquote legacies or how many people are rich that make very uh generous donations to things. That this is nothing new. And so uh, the surprising thing to me actually is all these people that are being indicted are very rich people. And they're, I don't know right. why, uh, you know, they had to take a, such illegal ways of getting their kids into school. And I guess, yes, because you know, you're I, right. I, they I, could I, have, they'd say that yeah. making it look like, oh, wow, that my child truly is 
that that talented to get in. And right. Well, you know, you're I right suffer, because it just—it's—it's it's a, a, a no god. It's a known thing that wealthy like people will donate a building. <laughs> you know, they'll donate several million dollars and they'll have a building named after them. Well, then their kid's going to get in. But I think what was the most appalling about this is the under, underhandedness that you brought up at the top of uh, our segment of how it was done, where they had proxies come in and they had different people actually take their tests for them and then they would change the scores or they would have a proctor there who would give them the answers and they had decided in advance what was the the score that they needed to get so that it didn't look too fishy but but it still had to be high enough and and I think the thing that was the most bo- I mean that really bothered me about the scores but the other thing that really bothered me was uh, you know, they showing, getting pictures of crew, you know, where they're rowing, right? And putting their children's faces on it when they had absolutely no crew experience whatsoever. Right. <laughs> Whatever the sport is. What? So they're going to get recruited to USC or Yale or whatever the school is going to be on a scholarship, or it won't be a scholarship, they'll be recruited for something that they have zero experience in. <laughs> and, yeah, and, you know, and, and I was curious about that, like, so then if once they get in with that, do they just drop out? Because clearly they're not, they've never been doing crew. Like, and then that still makes them still out. I was so curious about that one factor of, like, how does that work? Because I thought oftentimes, you know, if you um, are get in for because of something, if you stop doing that, that, that takes away your eligibility. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, well, the goodness. other thing about it is this. I think that's sad. Is that uh, you think about all the young people ha- who are wanting that spot, and especially when it comes to athletics and sports, there is there's a very finite number of people who can get in, right? So what mm-hmm. happens is when they're putting, you know, Joe Schmo in there because the parent paid a half a million dollars to have his picture, you know, put on, um, wait, who was it? Mosimo uh, Giannulli. I think it was Laughlin. She, uh, she, and he's the founder of a clothing brand. And they agreed to pay bribes totaling half a million dollars in exchange for having their two daughters designated as recruits to the USC crew team despite the fact that they had never uh, participated in crew. So think about, and crew's very small, right? Think about those per- people that want to be recruited for crew, but now they can't be because somebody has paid $500,000 and Photoshopped the pictures of their kids. I mean, it, it makes no sense. And as you know, I mean, I, I work with uh, teens with Be The Star You Are, and we do a lot of work. Um, I write recommendations for their colleges. And as a coach, I try to help kids uh, write their college essays. And, you know, they really work hard to do it. In all my years of helping young people, there's only been one family who expected me to write the essay. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't even get over it. They came in. They wanted a consultation. And they said, well, you're a writer. You write the essay. We'll pay you. I was like, what? I can't write the essay. (laughs) 
I can't write the essay, you know. Uh, that's I, I don't know your life story. It's all about it's about you. It's what you want to say. And so when this college scam thing came out, Heather, as shocked as I was, I realized, hey, I was asked to do that one time. I mean, you know, I wasn't going to be paid mm-hmm. thousands of dollars. I was just going to be paid my regular fee. But but I realized that there are people out there that just really want to do that. So it, it is kind of crazy. Well, shall we just take a quick break here and we'll come back and we're going to dissect this a little bit more because, you know, I think that your story of getting into college is a very interesting one and how hard you worked. And I think about had you had there been somebody else who had um, paid a lot of money to get recruited that you may not have had that opportunity. And I know this happens to a lot of people. So shall we take a, a quick break and we'll come back and talk about it? Sounds great. All right. Well, you're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I'm with Heather Brittany and um, I'm Cynthia Bryan. And you're coming to, we're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. And this is the Empowerment Channel, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. So just uh, stay with us, and we'll be right back. Be the star you are, the star you are, be the star you are, you are the star. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of showbiz. Well, it doesn't sound like a party when we are talking about this disturbing uh, the allegations, well, actually not an allegation, the revelation, I guess we should say, about how William Singer, a businessman who owns the Edge College and Career Network, also known as the Key, opened a side door to um, a very limited, fiercely competitive undergraduate openings to the rich and famous. So Heather Brittany is with me right now, and I'm Cynthia Bryan, and we are talking everything about this college admissions scam. So Heather, we alluded to the fact that maybe we would just mention a little bit about your college experience, because I'm going through this right now with many of our teens that Be The Star You Are, who are just getting you know, their acceptance or their rejections. And so you know all the emotions that are involved. So um, just give us a a recap of how hard you worked for college. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, and I kind of have two views of this even affecting what is being bought like. So, you know, I've, of course, the one school I wanted to go to was uh, San Diego State, and I had really good grades, and I had, um, but I didn't have great test scores. Um, but I graduated with a uh, 3.8, which is almost a 4.0. Um, and my whole life, I was always told all these extracurricular activities. And I did student council. Uh, I, I, I was Miss Teen California. You know, I, for, I won all these. Were all 
Oh, just someone always participating in life. And not only did it make life more enjoyable, but it's all these little things that you're always told this will look so good on your college resume. But for right. a state school, all you don't have a you have you are, have no identity. You are just um, what your SAT score is and what your GPA is, and that's all they know about you. And um, so instantly on paper. Uh, I was kind of an incomplete, yes, I had a, a good grades, but my SAT, you know, I'm not a test taker, and, uh, but I'm a good student, and, um, and that was kind of, you know, it was unfortunate, so at first they got denied, and I forget now how many, five, six times, but the, you know, in the end, you know, because we just kept fighting and fighting, trying to find that door to get in, and, you know, it, we've gone through the theater department and had, you know, this recruitment, but something I look at that, too, is, you know, I had you as my partner, as helping me, um, as being that parent that instead of, you know, when I didn't get in the first time saying, oh, okay, you know, let's see, other, like, you know, where else would you want to go, that it was like, all right, back to the drawing board, let's send them, you know, let's get all these writer, letters of recommendations, you know, trying to help me, you know, not giving up on me, and though our way was completely legit, um, you know, I can see in that way of how people, you know, that just you continuously helping me and wanting me to, you know, just never giving up on that day and, and like, believing I can get into this college and see Well, I think the angle. difference is there, and I think it's what you just said, is that we worked together on it. In other words, I was your cheerleader. And I was like, mm-hmm. if this is your dream, okay, let's do it. Let's figure out. What are some other ways that are legitimate and that can really work? But you did the work. I didn't. Yeah. And that's, that's oh, the of difference. Course. Of is course. that you, and, when, and once you got in, wanted- you could feel very proud of yourself. And I think about these kids that of these, uh, I, I'm, I'm flipping it around. I, I think it's appalling that the parents would buy this, you know, for their kids. I mean, it's one thing to buy your kids a car. But another thing, to buy them their university experience. I wonder how the kids feel about this. Well, I mean, I feel, I feel you know, mortified. I, how would I, you feel? How would you feel? I, you know, well, and exactly. And, you know, I think that's something, too, you have to realize, especially um, in today's society, this isn't something that is just going to be in the newspaper and, you know, might, no one's going to see. It's that we live in this digital world that, um, you know, you mentioned one of the girls that's seen as an influencer. And even if all the other people are not, their parents are celebrities. They are instantly Googleable, and now them being on a campus, and there might be some of these um, kids who, you know, maybe some didn't know what's going. On, maybe some have no idea. Um, it, it seems that some kids didn't even care about going to college. It's more, you know, to please their parents. But I bet there were some that genuinely really thought they did good, really thought, you know, that want to be there. And now to feel that instant sense of embarrassment or, you know, perhaps lack of identity of am I not good enough? Am I, you know, these things you, you may have believed in yourself. And that, that instant sense of ridicule that completely strangers, people you may know, whatever it may be, are going to put a view on you and view you as being attached with this. And I think that's, that's unfortunate. And as you know, things will die off in a year. It'll be amazing. People, if you'll mention something, this and it will, Oh yeah, I remember that. You know, it takes time, you know, things, things stay hot and heavy and then they, the conversation dies down. Um, but it's still, it's unfortunate. This is forever a stain on there is now that you forever have a digital record in this world. Right. Even, you know, when right. a rumor goes away, 
Someone can Google something. You know, and I, there's nothing you can That's, You know what? You I, really Google, just hit the nail on the head. It really is different. I mean, right now, uh, you know, I'm going through all kinds of files from um, – from my family, from my grandparents, aunts, uncles, and finding all kinds of newspaper articles. And a lot of them are about me when I was a kid and in 4-H and, and doing things in high school, and which I don't even remember, right? But you're not going to Google those things because it was at a time when this didn't exist. But now, probably at any point, you can just look it up and that's, you're, you know, this is going to be like a, a scarlet letter. Um, for these people forever. Do you think that the kids knew? I mean, it, or is this just the tip of the iceberg? Well, I mean, the, we, we really can't know. And of course, yes. too, I think at all costs, these parents want to protect their children. Right. I think that even as terrible as this was and deceitful and you know, really in the end of how much pain they're actually going to cause their children and now future things of whatever legitimate jobs or something they may want to see, you know, those things that will stick with them. I think at its core is that it is coming from that sense, you know, of parents, you know, wanting their kids to have that. So I think of, in their minds, doing the best for their children, thinking I'm getting my kid into this school, I'm doing this. Um, I think if even if the kids were completely aware, every single one of them, um, my belief is a uh, a parent isn't about to wrap their kids out on, you know, to lessen their charges on it. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I no, 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 I agree. But and you know what? Their children. I, it also makes me think um, of something that you said earlier, and I do think that there's always been something like this, may, not necessarily with colleges, but probably from the beginning of time where parents uh, did things um, on behalf of their kids and submitted them as their kids, and I, and what makes me think of it is, I'm going back to um, to childhood, and I just remember when I was only 14, and I won the county dress review in 4-H, which meant I had to the this was a it's a big competition where you have to sew your own clothes, right? You have to make your own clothes. Mm -hmm. And it has to be really, really perfect. And then you have to model them. And anyway, the bottom line is at age 14, you don't ever expect to win. But I had been sewing because um, I didn't have clothes if I didn't learn to sew. But the minute I won, there was a huge backlash from other parents of kids Mm -hmm. who didn't win and they they immediately um tried to say that my mother had sewn these clothes because they were really they actually turned out really nice and the crazy thing about it what was so wonderful is my mom could never sew she couldn't even sew in a button she didn't even know how to thread a needle so there was no way that they could could um say that you know but it was it was an interesting thing that as soon as something positive like that happened, that was the first reaction of some parents. And so I imagine that it's been going on for a long time. But with that being said, um, there are independent educational consultants who are knowledgeable, who are trustworthy. And I'm really concerned that what Singer did is going to cast a very negative image on any of these these trustworthy professional people 
who have high ethical standards of conduct and um, and want the best for their students. But again, I guess it gets back to how we have to be very, very diligent of who we hire and to help our kids. And, um, and I well, do think I, that the schools have some responsibility here, too. Yeah, well, you know, I feel like, well, in this case, it makes it seem like, especially since they have recorded wiretap things, that um, why these parents are being indicted is because there were numerous times where it's being made very clear that what is being done is illegal, is, you know, we'll have the, right. you know, that we will pay. That's what, you know, in, in no sense should you be paying people this much money to try, you know, there's there's no doubt that these people were, like, they were, like, blindsided by this. This is 100% they were participating in what was going on. Yeah, they knew. Um, they I knew. think, I think, um, I think, you know, as before, that it's, no, it's it's nothing new about rich and privileged, and that goes through all things beyond just even school. You know, of all things, you know, it comes to life, and I feel like it. You know, it makes people feel very upset, as we do for you know people that work hard, and we see you know just is all the times that um, there's been all these stock market crashes, or all these companies are you know, going bankrupt, but somehow, you know, the people at the very, very top are getting these multi, multi-million dollar golden parachutes while all the people below them in the company are, you know, left stranded of what do we do now? And, you know, now I can't pay this and do that. And, you know, so we see all these things of of the secrets of the rich, the wealthy, and, uh, of, and it's upsetting with people. But it's nothing new in our society, especially, as we know, with these top colleges. And I think something, too, that's very surprising with college, I was um, reading this thing, and then I watched this, like, documentary, and I see, talking just about when it comes to colleges and how our market, how our job forces have changed, how right now people leaving college have this astronomic amount of debt, and that we have overqualified people doing underqualified jobs. That, you know, it, within the work rate, that, you know, you go to a restaurant, and the girl serving you might have a, you know, a, a, a PA and something, you right. know, these people have, ma- you know, they, so many people, and they get in the workforce, and those jobs um, don't exist more, and something as uh, with society that we're seeing is things are becoming more automated, and I'm not saying that in the way of computers are taking over the world, but in a sense, the things we've created for ourselves to make things easier, um, that, uh, you know, we no longer need, 60 years ago, agriculture was the number one drug, uh, job force. Now that's something less than 10%. And it isn't that it has gone away, it's just changed. It, you know, and you know that firsthand of growing up on a grape farm. That before it was everyone had to, you know, hand, hand picking the grapes. And for some varietals, that still needs to be done. But as labor costs have gone up and as certain things, have, you know, there's less people and all of these kind of things that people have turned to getting pickers, you know, the, these automated machines. And it may be expensive in the beginning, but over time it, it pays for itself. So um, very much so, you know, that that's, you know, machines are making the cars. Or, and that's why automated systems that we hate talking to, but it reduces costs. And in these jobs right now, people are earning degrees sometimes and things that when they get out, those jobs really don't exist or it's a very, very small, small field and it's getting smaller and smaller. And so I think one thing now 
um, looking for of how we can, you know, for those, saying for those call, for those people who do want to go to college and that may have been involved in the scam or just people who are working so hard getting into this university and then leaving and really not having an idea of where to go is, I think there needs to be sort of a new infrastructure of what is the new job market? And it's still that I think, you know, we need to inspire people to be creative and follow their dreams and their hearts. Um, but when it comes to if they're seeking to, that getting out of college and having a job and having this belief, is putting people on the right direction or putting them into new directions or training people for the proper things so that when they get out, they are at the top of the market. They have evolved what the systems are. So those are, that's sort of one of my views in Boston now is that this, Colleges are getting more and more impacted, and debt, as you know, it's something in the trillions that these kids. I I've had friends personally that couldn't get jobs out that are like some of these smartest people that then went on to get their masters because going in the workforce that they needed something else to bring, and also a lot of times what's happening is people are not having work experience prior that when they're leaving. Um, when they're leaving uh, colleges, because they had to work so much in, in college um, for their degrees, they don't have the experience. Or when they come out and the jobs they're looking for say they need to have X, Y, and Z experience. So well, I wanted to I go back to the way college. Of integrating it. I wanted to go back to, excuse me, to the college thing once again. And um, and what I think is a takeaway is, in my opinion. I'm sure that one of the reasons, you know, maybe their kids, as you said, maybe they have grades, maybe they didn't, maybe they're lazy, I don't know. But once you have a college degree, and especially if it is from one of these colleges that is very, very, um, you know, uh, honored. Prestigious. Uh, yeah, a prestigious college, you know, like a Harvard, a Yale, a Stanford, a U- USC, a UCLA, or whatever. That can never be taken away from you. I mean, think about somebody who goes to Harvard and drops out, like uh, Zuckerberg. But he still, mm-hmm. they still say he went to Harvard, even though he dropped out, right? So mm-hmm. I'm sure that that's another reason that the parents did it, even if the kids just went for a while and then they dropped out, they could always <laughs> be safe that they went to that college. So in any case, it's wrong, and it it cheated, to me, what it did is it cheated other kids that really did work hard from maybe getting that particular slot, and it just mm-hmm. is, is very unfair. So I do hope that um, these people are prosecuted and moreover I think that they should pay college tuitions for other people <laughs> maybe that would be maybe that would be the best punishment of all is that they they have to step up and pay some college tuitions for a certain number of people I, I'm not sure do you have a do you have a, a thought about that well you know I, the amazing thing to me is you know again as I said it's crazy thing is some of these parents you know five hundred thousand dollars um, and that's kind of, yes, a debt that some people end up accomplishing by the end of right. college. That right. I think instead of things being donated to the universities themselves, yes, I think there should be funds like that. Or, they, again, as I said, restructure, restitution. There, it just it brings, I think, less 
Uh, my kind of my view personally of this is less focusing on these individual parents. It's more of the takeaway of how broken our system is when it comes to people with money of influence that we just you know perhaps even what we um, may see and potentially not because they might try to make the um, legal system might try to make a. Uh, what do you, what do you call it? Make a, make a show of this to show people, you know, what can be done. Um, but uh, my big thing of just saying is it, it's upsetting just people with power and money of what they can do for our college system. Yeah. So, and it's, and it's going it's, to, it, we just want, we, I'm glad that it's come yeah. out so that uh, hopefully these kind of things won't happen yeah. in the future. And, for and, and it wouldn't kids, be actually surprised with the money they have. That as, we, as we've seen oftentimes when, you know, celebrities get, you know, uh, going to jail for DUI, how, uh, you know, that it's all over the news, they're going to get a year or something in jail or they did something. And then surprisingly, they might be there less than even a day and money talks. Oh, you know, somehow, you know, they, they did some contribute. It always seems that people of money and power uh, get out of a or, or it's shortened very, very dramatically um, due to financial reasons. I mean, they don't right. announce that, but you know that no other Joe Schmo uh, facing the same thing uh, would be not have to go to jail due to like jail. Uh, what are they used to say? Jail crowding. That was a big thing always when celebrities in Los Angeles would get released like within 24 hours. Um, and it was like, that's so odd that no one else was released before them to let them in kind of thing, right? Right, right. <laughs> well, in any case, I'm glad that we're, I'm glad that this is a conversation that is being had. Hopefully, um, as you, uh, as you explained too, it would be better just to make a donation directly to the college. And at least that's legitimate. <laughs> uh, these things are going no, to happen. I hope that the, the the, I hope that all the kids that are trying to go to college, uh, get into a a college that is going to be good for them. And the bottom line is when it comes to college, you'll be happy pretty much at whatever college you get into because life is what you make it. Well, so thank you, Heather, for um, coming on and talking about this college admissions scam. Um, there's always going to be dirty players out there, and I'm glad that they're getting a public shaming. So <laughs> that's my two cents with it. Well, thank you all for being great listeners and allowing me and Heather here to be with you on this Wednesday. Make sure you're tuned in to Star Style Be the Star You Are every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. And for more information about Star Style Productions, visit CynthiaBryan.com, and you can also purchase our books there we have new books cynthiabryan.com and then for be the star you are visit be the star you are.org our aim is always to encourage inspire inform amuse and motivate we want you to read a book this week because that's like a garden in your pocket and until next wednesday when we celebrate once again remember that love always wins kindness always prevails and smiles will keep us happy my name is cynthia bryan and I'm Heather Brittany. And you've been listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. We thank you. We encourage you to go out into the world and make this the best week ever. Dream, create, inspire, and make a difference. Wishing you a wonderful, safe, happy week. And go out and be the star you are. Thanks for joining us.
Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.